Listen for God's word to us today. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard that your hearts are not weighed down with debauchery or drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the God. Of, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. God, our salvation, there is wisdom, peace, and joy for those who keep your word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, lead us in your truth. Teach us to do your will. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today is not only the first Sunday of Advent. It's also the first Sunday of the new church year. Today we begin a year-long journey through the Gospel of Luke. Now it may seem odd to start a study of Luke with a reading from the end of the Gospel. But it's here in the 21st chapter, Jesus describes the reason for the season, so to speak, the season of Advent. Contrary to what Lydia Grace's chocolate-filled Advent calendar leads us to believe, Advent is not a countdown to Christmas Day. It's a season of intentional longing and prayer for the arrival, the appearance, the emergence, the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man with all of his saints. A calendar leading up to the advent of Jesus more in keeping with the gospel would include not little doors hiding milk chocolates wrapped in foil, but as Jesus suggests, wars behind door number one. Insurrection behind door two, earthquakes, plagues, famines. And as we get closer to the day of the Lord's arrival, signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and distress on earth, roaring seas and waves, 
So not entirely unlike some of my family's past Christmases, but certainly not the Norman Rockwell Macy's Christmases of TV commercials. Jesus' description of his coming won't so much bring squeals of delight from children on Christmas morning. Jesus says instead we can expect folks to be falling out from fear and terror as the heavens shake. I'm thinking next year we may decorate our yard for Jesus' version of the Advent season with the appropriate theme, the Day of Vengeance. Jesus is the reason for the season, after all, shouldn't we decorate accordingly? Turns out it's not so much that there is a war on Christmas as Jesus says there will be war on Christmas, as people fall by the edge of swords and are taken away as captives. The appropriate greeting in Luke is not Merry Christmas or even Happy Holidays, but run for the hills and woe to you who are pregnant. Hallmark movies would be less about a busy corporate woman who comes to a small town the week of Christmas to take over uh, a beloved Christmas village or shop or ski resort only to be won over by the local spirit of Christmas and a hunky, if much less ambitious, single dude wins her heart. I've watched a few of these. Those three, actually. (laughs) Instead, they would be all horror and sci-fi. A corporate woman comes to town the week of Christmas with an army and slaughters most of the residents and sells the rest into slavery. Here's Jesus' Christmas card. Dear beloveds, be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down by boozy Christmas parties and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that the day of the Lord does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. Be alert at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape all of these things that will take place on Christmas. Merry Christmas. Love Jesus. Now don't worry. In the weeks ahead, we will go to the beginning of Luke where we will hear those classic Christmassy verses. But Advent begins not with Charlie Brown but with Apocalypse Now, a revelation from Jesus of what is to come. Advent begins by jolting us awake from a warm, fuzzy coma of the commercial season. Be alert, says Jesus, and pushing us to expect power, expect power, expect great glory from God. Expect God will fulfill God's promise to come Expect that God's advent will shake the heavens and disrupt the earth. This advent, we should expect power and great glory from God on the earth and in our lives. What hope keeps you going? What longing of your heart is God going to break through the heavens to redeem? The first Christmas, God quietly appeared on the scene, born to an unwed teenage mother in a tiny corner of the vast Roman Empire. Were it not for the heavenly host singing hallelujahs and the star pointing him out from the cosmos and the mad king trying to murder him, Jesus' birth would have been barely noticed by anyone other than the cattle whose supper the infant displaced. But Luke sets a very different expectation for the second advent of Jesus. We'll find him not in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, but as a man coming in a cloud 
clothed in power and great glory. We begin Advent and our year of Luke with a bang. Because for some today, here, and all around the world, a God who will shake the heavens and earth to rush to their rescue, who will move the sun and the stars out of the way to get to them, who will toss aside corrupt presidents and murdering princes and terrorizing emperors to save them, that's the image that they need to keep them clinging to hope. Here is a God who sees your struggles and the struggles of every person on earth and who promises to come. This is a promise to help lift spirits in hard times. Luke, the name that we will call the author of the book titled Luke, sought to tell the story of Jesus' life and ministry in such a way as to give courage to people who may have been losing hope. Luke was not a physician, as some have suggested, but he was an expert storyteller with a deep passion for the gospel and sharing it with those who were most oppressed and in need of good news. Luke is an evangelist, one who shares the good news of Jesus Christ. Luke's earliest audience would have been through a great deal of trauma since the time of Jesus. Some years after Jesus' death and resurrection in the year 66, there was an uprising among the Jews against the Roman Empire called the Jewish-Roman War. Long story short, it's a very long story. By the time you get to 70, the Romans spent seven months attacking the Jewish capital of Jerusalem, which was the center of Jewish religious life and where, more importantly, the temple was located. That summer, the Romans entered Jerusalem and they completely decimated the city and they destroyed the temple. A historian of the time named Josephus claims that over one million Jewish civilians were killed in that battle. 97,000 were captured and sold as slaves around the Roman Empire. It was devastating. Christians were already a small minority, barely tolerated. After the war, Jewish and Gentile Christians had trouble finding places to worship, and many were killed because of their faith in Jesus. It is to this community that Luke began to tell the story of Jesus. To this community, the words of Jesus that we have heard today speak of the terror that they had experienced. They witnessed the famines and diseases that came when the Romans began their months of attacks on Jerusalem. They saw the distress among the nations, and now their future is uncertain. When they hear Luke's gospel, they hear Jesus naming their reality. Just as Christians in periods of persecution throughout history, and even today, have found power and hope in these words. Jesus names the horrors that they knew or had heard about. To a people who live under the thumb of a powerful empire, to hear that all of this war, all of this devastation is not the end, to hear that there is hope on the horizon, to hear that like a tree budding in the spring, new life is on the way. Jesus' apocalyptic advent is not terrifying, 
but it is the sound of sirens of first responders rushing to the disaster. He says, they will see me, the Son of Man, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. He is coming to our rescue. The gospel is good news to the powerless. The one with power comes for us. Even though all heaven is breaking loose, Jesus says, you stand up with your head held high because your redemption, your salvation is drawing near. Here is Advent hope. Heaven and earth will shake. The earth is a terrifying place for a lot of people a lot of the time. Life at times can be really, really hard. But Advent tells us there is hope and help is on the way. The promise jumped out at me from the prophet Jeremiah. God says, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, which is to say, I am sending a savior and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. Justice, finally. Salvation and safety. I'm safe. God's promise will be that we will be safe safe in our homes, safe in our cities, safe in our nations. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when you will be safe. The days are surely coming when the parents of black and brown children don't worry that they'll be harassed or killed when they leave their houses or even in their own homes. I can't think of a better promise, a better goal for we who follow Jesus than to join God's mission of creating safety for every child of God. People all over the world are currently experiencing biblical levels of violence. Jesus' Advent message of rescue is to them. Have hope. I'm coming. People face the indignity and humiliation of racism, sexism, sexual prejudice. Jesus' Advent message of hope is to them. Stand up with your head held high. Mothers and fathers from Guatemala to Syria, caught in the chaos of warring nations, are moving heaven and earth to keep their children safe, facing the terrors of seas to find refuge, facing even the torture of being separated from their babies by U.S. government officials for the hope of survival for their children. Jesus' advent promise is to them hope. This injustice will not stand. To all who look through the darkness of violence in its many and various forms, Jesus says, don't give up. Don't give up. It was reported this week for the second year in a row, the life expectancy in the United States dropped. This is due in large part to an epidemic of suicide and drug overdoses. We are facing an epidemic of hopelessness. And Jesus comes with this powerful Advent message to push 
against the creeping darkness, to push against the raging wars, to overturn the cynical billionaire political corporate kings. What is coming on the world will cause all that is evil to faint as the power of the heavens unleash a reign of the power of grace. So to those currently beaten down, don't give up. Don't turn to vices. Don't turn to hopelessness. No, live. Stand up. Raise your head high. Help is on the way. Your redemption, your safety, it's on the way. So hear our Advent cry, O Lord. O come. O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.